I'm your host, Erin Groves, and this is where your positivity journey starts. Welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am so excited to be back. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus here. Um, And today I am so excited. As you all know, health and wellness has been something that has completely changed my life um, from the inside out. And it's something that I'm extremely, extremely passionate about. And so today we have a registered dietitian dietitian and she is the founder of Align Nutrition blog and brand and so I am so excited to welcome Erica onto the podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me Erin. Happy to be here. I know I'm so excited. This is one of those topics that I literally can never get enough of. Um, And so kind of just to give the audience a little bit of background, if you could just introduce yourself. I know you're a Buckeye, which we all love the Buckeyes. So yeah, just Briefly introduce yourself and give them some history. Yeah, absolutely. So I am personally based in Columbus, Ohio. I went to the Ohio State University. I was on the dance team there. I have a ton of friends here. I love this city. And I started my practice, Align Nutrition. I've been a dietitian for 10 years. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it. It never does, but it also (laughs) feels like I've been doing this forever. Um, And so basically, I started out as a just really brick and mortar, in-person, private practice, working with people in my office as a dietitian. I focus all on the food relationship. I believe having a positive relationship to food is the most important thing when it comes to eating and that anything we're doing is layering on top of that. It's additive. And so over time, I've evolved my practice to be online. And I see people uh, privately. I see people in my online community, Realign Community. It's a group program where we thrive connecting with other people just like us. And then I share everything on my podcast at Align Nutrition um, or the Align Nutrition podcast and Instagram at Align Nutrition. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I mean, I think you know, intuitive eating and food positivity is kind of that goal that everyone, you know, quote unquote wants to achieve. But I also think it's one of the hardest things to get to know because I truly think we live in a culture where there's an overload of information on any topic, especially when it comes to nutrition. And, you know, I kind of wanted to just first start off this conversation. You know, why did you get into diet to become a dietitian. So what kind of was your why behind that? Um, And then really finding your passion and serving those clients around you. Absolutely. Yeah. Intuitive eating is super cool. It has, so I actually found, I'll tell you guys a bit more about that, but I found intuitive eating in 2009. It is the reason I'm a dietitian today. I would not have become a dietitian otherwise. But when I set out to um, Ohio State, I actually started in pharmacy And I really wanted to help with people. I wanted to work in healthcare. I love science. It just is super interesting to me. I love the data. I love knowing these, um, you know, the way things work in our bodies. And after I was studying pharmacy for a while, I had a really good family friend who was a dietitian. And I just thought, wow, how cool would it be to work with food? And maybe for some people, as it relates to uh, pharmacy, then maybe they wouldn't need certain medications or we can see food as complementary to our health as well as any medications that we might need. 
And so I jumped into nutrition, just full on worked on becoming a dietitian. And how I arrived at intuitive eating is when I was learning about nutrition, like you said, there's so much information out there. And I am, I was, or am always working to not be so much of a perfectionist. And so when I was studying dietetics, I was very much in this mindset of, you need to be the perfect dietitian. You need to be whatever internalized version I have of this is what's healthy, right? Which at the time was really not eating enough, being very restrictive, working out all the time excessively, you know, green smoothies, quote unquote, clean foods, all of these things. And so I became super obsessed with food and I felt like nutrition was really stressful to me. And so when I discovered intuitive eating, it was because I was looking for, I was about ready to become a dietitian. And I thought, I, if this is what learning about nutrition results in being obsessed with food and being super stressed out all the time, then I don't want to teach this to anyone. Like this feels terrible. It felt like the opposite of why I set out to become a dietitian, right? And so I found intuitive eating and it changed my life. I thought, okay, this is a different framework. And maybe as we talk a bit more about intuitive eating, some of your listeners will feel the same way where you have a passion for nutrition, you have a passion for wellness, but at some point the wheels kind of came off and you end up in this place where food is just really, um, you know, you might be feeling like you're out of control around certain foods or you feel super guilty eating other foods, or you feel like you have to work out to earn certain foods or make up for things. And so that was the headspace I was in at the time. And so finding intuitive eating, it was so powerful because it really was this framework that was really like kind of founded in the reason that I wanted to do this. You know, it was like, how do we, how do we focus on ourselves? How do we listen to our bodies? How do we stay connected? And then how do we pull nutrition in, in a way that feels good? Yeah. And I think you touched on, you know, two things that I, a lot of people will resonate with, both, you know, female and male. And I think that there's kind of a sense of control around diet sometimes. And, you know, we think some things are healthy. And this is one of the most popular questions I actually get asked from my friends is like, you know, first is working out. Like, how do you work out? How do you stay motivated? And the second one is, what do you eat? And I mean, for me, I'll go into my personal journey on a, a different episode. But I think for me, it really started and I saw the biggest changes internally and just externally with my happiness really when I switched my diet. Um, and I think mine started off very restrictive, kind of like you talked about. I was not eating certain things and I labeled certain things as bad. And I think as I grew up and as I grew into myself, I kind of just was like the main goal for me and you know, make a joke. I don't need any more energy that I already have, but it was just like, I just want to feel good and happy in my own body. And, you know, sometimes that's eating a piece of cake. Sometimes it's going and getting chips and queso, but at the end of the day, it's all about balance. Um, and I think intuitive eating is one of those, you know, we'll call it a buzzword that you hear on podcast, you hear it in social media, but I also think that it's something that's extremely hard to come to as a person. And so my question to you is a, what do you think you know, you kind of touched on it, but what does intuitive eating mean to you? And where do you advise? I know you work with clients. So where do you mm -hmm. start? Because I think there's so much information that it's like, and that's where it gets overwhelming for people who are just kind of starting on that nutrition journey. So those are kind of my two questions for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think 
I think ultimately intuitive eating is what you described in terms of trying to recapture what it means to feel good. But like you said, there's so much information. There's so many internalized things of don't eat this, this is bad, avoid this, remove this, eat this, not that, that we all wind up with a ton of beliefs about food, a ton of them. And they may conflict with each other, you know, uh, intermittent fast, only eat this many times a day, eat six small meals a day, um, eat, you know, high fiber carbs, eat low carb. I mean, it's there, there are all these things where pretty much every, I, I think of it as, I think of nutrition information and diet culture in general, where diet culture is what you described. It's this like, you know, there's a ton of beliefs out there and it's all kind of focused on, you know, really kind of more of a, like a restrictive, a moralistic mentality. And so as a whole, we all learn so many similar things. And a lot of times they wind up not serving us, you know, someone saying, um, oh, you know, if you eat, um, white potatoes and not sweet potatoes, then that's bad. Well, what happens if you love white potatoes? And by the way, they're really high in vitamin C, thank you. And they have fiber, you know? So it's this like, we get so confused. And so intuitive eating is to help the collective of us who are confused and have all these beliefs and feel guilty about eating, we might be stuck, like you said, in that cycle of dieting where you're trying to eat a certain way and then you're not, or you're feeling like, gosh, you know, the way I eat is, is really, um, it's stressful and how I live my life. Like if I'm going to get chips and queso, I feel bad about it. Or, you know, I wonder if it's okay. Um, and that kind of, so it's basically, Intuitive eating is, and I think it's hard to capture intuitive eating on social media. Um, it's a buzzword, but it's it's really, it's been around forever. Um, the authors who wrote intuitive eating wrote it in 1995. It's been around that long. Isn't that crazy? Um, what book, what, what, what book is it? Because I'm a big reader now. Yeah. Is it called intuitive eating? Yep. And there's also okay. a workbook. Um, Evelyn Triboli and Elsie Rash are the authors. They are dietitians. And they they discovered and created intuitive eating. It's it's actually supported by over 140 studies at this point. Um, again, back to that science. Like, show me the data. Let's let's talk <laughs> yeah. about this. Um, and so, intuitive eating, rather than thinking of it as a trend or a concept, it's something that has been around forever. And when we think about like we get kind of spit out on this end of diet culture, all these beliefs, all these negative thoughts about our bodies, all these negative thoughts about ourselves, working out, moving our bodies. So intuitive eating is kind of the balm to that. Intuitive eating is waiting on the other side and going, hey, so you're interested in a healthy relationship to food and also, you know, really capturing a lot of the um, things that we want with nutrition, you know, things that give us energy, things that support us, things that are fun, eating is pleasurable, moving our bodies in a joyful way. So we're trying to like kind of recapture this ideal. Like, you know how you as a kid, you would have just like gone and like jumped on a trampoline or rollerbladed or like rode your bike somewhere. Like that's like intuitive eating in terms of exercise, you know how as a kid you were like, oh, I'm going to have um, – you ate like half of a banana, one bite of a cookie, and a bunch of vegetables, and you didn't know the difference. You just ate when you were hungry. You stopped when you were full. <laughs> That's intuitive eating. <laughs> you know, we get pulled away from that, right? Yeah, and I think too it, it 
and you know, this is the one thing I think that social media kind of has a, a negative effect on is that you see all of these people posting what they eat um, and what they don't eat. And, you know, you touched on diets, which I think is huge because, you know, I've been someone that, you know, I've tried pescatarian, I've tried this just to see how my body reacts. Um, and most of the times it was negative just because I was eliminating things that I'd been eating my whole life. And, you know, I just think diet culture, again, it's so unhealthy and you're comparing yourself. Um, and I know you and I were just talking about this before we got on that, you know, you always see people like, oh, well, she's eating this or he's doing this or whatever it is. And it kind of, it gets this obsessive, you know, like mindset around it. Um, And so what's your take on, I think I'm already going to know the answer, but like, what's your take on diets? And if you have, you know, people that come to you and they're like, you know, I've been trying a vegetarian diet or I'm vegan, um, but I kind of want to not be as restricted. What, you know, what's your take on that? And what's your feedback to your customers? Yeah. So um, when it comes to diets, I see it more as a culture and as a society than the individual. So if somebody's coming to me and they're like, I think about food all the time. I am currently, you know, like you said, trying to be vegetarian and I, you know, I'm craving all of these foods or I'm trying to eliminate gluten and I just... I, it's too stressful and I don't know what's, you know, I feel like I can't eat out anywhere or, um, you know, whatever diet they might be kind of testing out. Oh, I'm trying to intermittent fast or I did keto for a while and I lost 10 pounds in two weeks and I gained it all back immediately or I got tired of eating avocados, you know? And so when I see someone who's coming to me and they're, um, you know, thinking about diets, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not you. It's the culture as a whole. You have been internalizing these messages, just trying to be healthy. You're trying to figure out like what's going on for you. And so when I think about diets as a whole and as a culture, it's a $90 billion business. It is, you know, Weight Watchers, Noom, like all of these different companies that are trying to sell us things, right? Hey, eliminate this food and buy my supplement. Hey, listen to what I have. Do my method. It's going to solve all of your problems. It's going to fix your hormones. It's going to, you know, optimize your digestion. All of these things that people are telling us, we want to think about, hey, is this really serving me? Have I been quote unquote trying all these diets my whole life and none of them have been working for me? What if that was like a product? Wouldn't you return it? You'd be like, that didn't work and I want a refund. You wouldn't say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do that right. No, you'd be like, this thing is broken. But when it comes to diets, we're like, gosh, I just couldn't stay on it. I couldn't keep up with it. What is wrong with me? Whereas we need to be going, hey, wait a minute. Why is it that I've been trying all these diets for the last five years and none of them stick? Maybe there's not something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with the diet. And so really my goal for everyone that I work with, everyone that follows me on Instagram, everyone that I connect with in my world, podcast, website, whatever, I want you to know that like nutrition, your version of nutrition, like you are the expert of your body. And I know a lot about nutrition. I'm happy to share what I know with you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I want you to figure out what foods feel great for you, what what it feels like to eat in ways that are just for pure enjoyment what it feels like to learn how to fuel yourself throughout the day so that you have energy and you're connected to your life, 
what does it feel like to eat in a way that prevents like rebound overeating or how does it feel to eat when you're really seeking satisfaction and health without that threat of restriction? Oh, you know, I, I'm going to have to, you know, I can't have this um, or I shouldn't have eaten that. So I work with people on trying to undo a lot of the beliefs of dieting while at the same time providing solid nutrition information so they can discover for themselves what's good for them. And that's my dream. <laughs> and that's why my job is amazing. <laughs> well, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there is that it's like, what's best for you? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to give an example because I've had a couple of friends that are like, oh, I'm on the keto diet, so I can't eat a banana, but I'm going to go eat, you know, X, Y, and Z. And my initial, you know, thought is I'm like, you're going to give up a banana that's totally from the earth. That is, you know, a, <laughs> like a, a healthy carb, a healthy sugar to go eat a you know, like gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, keto cookie. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that that cookie is not good for you, but I just think it's like the mindset around it that it's like, oh, this has too many carbs or, oh, this has too many this, or, oh, this doesn't fit into my calories thing, which is another topic that, you know, another great question to you is kind of like taking this, you know, do you, do you advise with calorie counting? What is your, I mean, for me, it never worked for me. Mm. I honestly never tried it because I think, again, it was too overwhelming that I was just like – the fact that I would have to weigh up, like it just – it would never work for me. I'm not that detail-oriented. Yeah. I knew it wouldn't work in my body, but I know a lot of people. And, you know, I see people on Facebook that are like, oh, you know, counting calories. So kind of what's your thought process on that? Mm. And do you think that kind of can be wrapped into intuitive eating or do you kind of advise against that or person-to-person basis? What's your thoughts? Yeah, Erin, I think intuitive eating and calorie counting, the way I think of them is this. So when it comes to eating intuitively, the idea is to push out external messages. So external messages would be, oh, I shouldn't eat this, or oh, don't eat this, or don't do that, or eat this, but only this much, or only eat this many calories. It's really trying to push out those, like, you know, um, you know how in like yoga, you're working on like mindfulness and getting connected to yourself. And you're trying to like, not think about like what the, what your, you know, reverse triangle looks like compared to the girl next to you. Like that's an (laughs) external message. Like stay with yourself, focus on yourself, your body. And so intuitive eating aims to go, Hey, If you learn how to be connected to your hunger and fullness, that is your built-in calorie counter. You don't need to count those calories. You don't need to mess with all that because if anything, that's just, that's just going to just get in your head. And and we want to stay in our bodies, not in our heads. We want to learn what it means to listen to ourselves. And some of your listeners may be going, what is this girl talking about? It sounds insane, (laughs) but it's like, it's really, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard, if you've been affected by diet culture, you've done a lot of diets or, or maybe you're even like kind of deprived, right? You've done a lot of these and you're like, well, if I, if I listen to myself, if I eat, if I eat what my body tells me, it's going to be cookies all day long you know, or, oh my gosh, I'm never going to stop eating then. And that can feel that way, right? Because you're, you're trying to figure out what do you think? What does your individual body signals look like? What does hunger feel like for you? What happens if you go four hours without eating? What happens if you don't eat a banana with your snack? Like how does your body respond? So it's kind of radical and that we're like almost flipping it on its head and going, Hey, tune out this. You don't need to count calories because your body does a great job at that. And let's just focus on you learning what your body's telling you so that you can have this flexible framework. And I think too, that a lot of times we don't realize with calorie counting, 
our, cal- our bodies don't need the same exact thing every day. You might, you know, have not slept well and you had a really hard workout and you wake up the next day, you're probably going to be more hungry than you were the day before. Or we can expect that we might have dips in our hunger. We might have higher highs in our hunger. And, you know, it's like this kind of, uh, you know, it's like a, a smaller dip here and there. But when we're counting calories, we're just blindly kind of following that. And then you're, it just disrupts trust, if that makes sense. So like, let's say you were set at a certain amount of calories, right? And you happen to be like, quote unquote, hungrier that day. You might conclude, ooh, I shouldn't eat that. Or, ooh, that's over my calories. When really like, what if you just happen to be a little bit more hungry? And so again, it's disrupting you trusting what your body's telling you. Absolutely. And I think too, it's, and it takes a while. I think there's kind of this thought process that, oh, this is going to happen overnight. But I also think, you know, kind of going back to what we just talked about a little bit earlier between diets and intuitive eating, I think a diet is a short-term change and intuitive eating is a lifestyle change. And I think the goal in anything you do is to make it a lifestyle, is to make it so that it's just kind of ingrained in your brain and it's a habit. It's like when you wake up every single morning and some of us might have a morning routine or there's things that we do you know, every single day. Like once you learn how to drive a car, it's just innate in you. Like you, you just know how to do it. And so I think that's really, truly the goal with intuitive eating is just, you know, listening to your body. And I think it's actually funny that you said that I, like if my body's going to crave ice cream and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I, you know, what's your take on, I think it's a mental thing. Cause I think some people are like, well, if I just listen, I'd eat pizza and cake and all this stuff all day. But I truly am like, I think if you actually listened, I notice after like, if say I go out and you know, I get a burrito or whatever it is the next day, like my body, I can, it's craving a salad or it's craving a smoothie. And so then I'll go get it. Cause it's like, it, that's what it needs. Um, and so I think, you know, for you, how do you guide people towards, listening, especially if they're like, well, I want pizza for every meal. How do you, what's the mindset shift that needs to occur to kind of get them away from thinking that and really in tune with your body? Yeah, it's, um, you're right that it takes a lot of time. Um, so if you think of it like, okay, I went on my first diet when I was 14, I was a freshman in high school and I started, you know, whatever, doing whatever to maybe lose some weight or to be a little healthier or whatever you were doing. Um, and you're 19 years old, you've been doing that for five years. And so to expect that you would recover a relationship to food that feels more peaceful and be in line with intuitive eating and rediscover your intuitive eater, that's going to take some time. That's going to take some time because you're undoing five years of something. And so a lot of times what happens when a lot of people, and it sounds like for you, like you're in a more neutral place with food where you're like, yeah, cool. I can have a pizza. Um, but I feel like a salad right now. And so I'm going to have that. If you're, if you've been following a lot of diets over the years, you have felt so guilty that every time you've eaten pizza, oh my gosh, this is bad. I'm totally breaking this. I can't believe I'm doing this. This is only because it's my cheat day or whatever you're thinking to yourself when you're eating pizza, guaranteed it's stressful. Your, that guilt that you feel eating pizza almost erodes the fact that you even ate the pizza. So then when you start on this journey of intuitive eating, you feel like you're seeing this friend you haven't seen in years and you're so excited to see them and it's so liberating and freeing and terrifying at the same time. So you, you have like intense cravings for pizza because I, I, the way I conceptualize it is if you've been eating pizza and you felt guilty about it, um, it's like you never had it. So if you think about eating a food that you haven't had for five years, well, dang, I'm going to want more of that. You know, that's not going to last forever, 
But there will be a period of time where, wow, I am just really interested in pizza that I want to eat it every single Friday. I want to eat it every single Saturday because it's it's exciting to be allowed to eat it. Um, and so maybe, you know, like you would in, you know, reuniting with a friend you hadn't seen in a long time, you might be, you know, chatting them up and being really excited to see them. And then, you know, after a while, you're like, okay, cool. Well, I, you know, good to catch up and I'll see you next week. But it's like, that's the way it can be with pizza too, of like, okay, I have not had it or I've been felt so guilty. It's like, I haven't had it. I started eating pizza again and I just, wow, I want, I want it all the time. I want to eat so much of it. But then over time, we become used to it. It's actually called food habituation. And so it's this idea that the more that you have something, the more kind of old hat it gets. And, and the idea isn't, oh, I hope you never want pizza again. Like you'll get so sick of it, but like that it becomes neutral. So having a salad and having pizza are morally the same. You think, oh, okay, I can have pizza tomorrow. I can have pizza next week. And so I already had some. I think I can stop. But that process, like you said, it takes time. We're, we're really healing something here. We're healing that deprivation. And it's it's tricky. You know, it's, it's really tricky. And, and to be fair, it's something that I work with people on for a long time. There's a lot of guidance. There's a lot of um, checkpoints along the way. There's a lot of skills to be developed. So I, I really think of intuitive eating as more than just something you like try on. I think of it as a, a, like a personal journey. Like you said, a lifestyle change, because the idea is that intuitive eating, it's a, fr it's a framework. It's something that we lay anything on top of. So let's say, for example, you found, let's say you, you did have celiac disease and you had to avoid gluten guess what? You can still be an intuitive eater and avoid gluten because being an intuitive eater is really about listening to your body. And if your body has an autoimmune, auto, <laughs> autoimmune response <laughs> to gluten, then it's, it's not going to feel good. You, you're not going to want to have it, right? Um, because you know it's not good for your body. So you're going to find gluten-free bread that you really love or gluten-free bagels that you enjoy or find all the pizza joints that have gluten-free pizza so that you can live your life and also honor your body. And it's unique needs. Yeah. No, I like that too. And I think for me, it was just more of like an internal journey. You know, I think sometimes again, kind of goes back to that control thing. And I think, you know, for me, it was just a point in my life where I felt like I was losing control with a lot of things. So I tried to control what I could, which was, you know, food and especially in high school um, and working out. And then I think again, like as I've gotten older and I realized that change is inevitable and all of those things, I think it's like, you just have to start, you know, truly listening. Um, and again, I get so passionate about nutrition because I think it truly is so important and you can't outrun a bad diet. Like you truly cannot. And, you know, and I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig. Like I noticed the biggest difference and change when I really truly switched my diet. And it was with brain fog and just, you know, energy. And people always ask me like, how do you have so much energy? Half of it is genetics. And the other half of it is because I truly feel my body to get that maximum amount of energy. And, you know, I've tried getting rid of gluten or dairy, but I think it kind of goes back to that. Like once you eliminate something and for me, dairy just doesn't sit well in my body, but I'm, I'll still eat it occasionally just because I don't have like an anaphylactic reaction. But once you say like, oh, I can't have this, it's the first thing your body craves. Cause I think it's, again, it yeah. kind of goes back to that, like mental, like when someone tells you you can't do something, it's like, well, that's what I want to do now. You know, kind of going back to when you're a little kid and you're like, I want to go roller skating. And your parents are like, no, you're like, well, now I really want to go do it. You know, it's just like that rebellious. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think, you know, again, kind of 
in intuitive eating and where do you advise people to kind of get started? And maybe you're, you know, you haven't been the healthiest eater and you're like, this is my year. This is my intention. What my personal advice is always just start, you know, including more fruits and vegetables into your diet. Um, but obviously I'm not an RD. So what's your advice and just kind of like base level for someone that maybe can't afford your services or someone that just wants like good insight on like, what should I start, um, without getting rid of certain things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, what you want to think about is really, again, I, I'm, I do see the relationship to food as the absolute foundation. And so I think that we really need to learn how to connect with ourselves first and foremost. You know, we can't connect with our bodies if we are in that place where, yeah, don't eat this, don't eat that. You're in that restrictive place. Like you said, it's natural to rebel and want to eat the things that, that you know, diet told you not to eat or what you were trying not to eat. And so the idea, again, is to to create a certain neutrality. And the first thing that people really need to do, and I think you touched on this as well, is to eat enough. Um, again, a lot of diets, when we're eliminating all these things, only eat at these certain times, don't eat these foods, we might literally not be eating enough food. And I know that's hard for you, for people to believe because we associate eating quote-unquote healthy with with this like deprivation, with this restriction. And so when it comes to, and again, or maybe it's just, maybe what I'm talking about here is more of a mindset shift for some of your listeners. Maybe they're like, no, 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 I eat enough. I, I really think I do. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, I'm extending permission for you to do so. Eat enough. It's the most basic thing. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with whose hormones are out of whack or their digestion isn't optimal, or they don't have good energy, or they're taking a crap ton of vitamins and they don't feel any better. Your literal energy, the, the, the amount of nutrition your body gets is what fuels all of that. And so it's so surprising that people skip that step of you've got to eat enough. If you're skipping meals, add them in. If you're going long periods without eating between meals, add snacks. If you think that a meal is you know, boiled fish and asparagus, add carbs, add fats, like bring in more food to what you're eating, because that is the most basic thing that we can do for ourselves. And that's where magic happens. That's where we feel more energized. And so that's, that is like the first step to all of this. It unlocks everything. And, and, you know, and then kind of beyond that, you want to start thinking about all these beliefs that you have about food. You know, why am I avoiding this food? Where did I hear that? Was that that fat loss coach that told me that years ago? <laughs> huh? I wonder if they knew what they were talking about or if that's even relevant to me right now because I'm actually training for a 5k. So maybe I need to eat some differently than I did then. You know, so you're, you're really trying to become aware of all of those beliefs that you get about nutrition and starting to really question them question where you heard them, question whether they're relevant to you. And then those two things combined are an amazing, amazing first start to really starting to understand your body. It kind of levels the playing field, right? Like I have permission to eat. I have an opportunity to eat enough to take care of my body on a biological level. And then psychologically, I'm going to start working on some of this mindset stuff. I'm going to question what I've heard about nutrition. 
And I'm going to think about what do I, what do I think about it? You know, like you said about the cheese, oh, if I, you know, if I eat small amounts of cheese here and there, it's fine. But if I eat a lot of it, it doesn't feel good for me. Okay, cool. You didn't need somebody to tell you that because you discovered that for yourself. If you discover that, Hey, you know what? Um, I love eating broccoli, um, for, with my meals, but if I eat a ton of it and I don't eat a baked potato, then I don't feel as good. I feel full, but still hungry. Ooh, I wonder if you might need to add something different to that meal. So you're working on what does food feel like in your body? How do you, how do you take care of your body throughout the day? How do you make sure that you have food with you? How do you learn how to like, do you know what foods you even like? You know, that's, that's so basic, but when you follow so many diets, you're like, oh, I feel bad that I don't like carrots raw. And uh, you know what I don't promise, <laughs> like, okay, cool. Well, good news. There's plenty of other ways to eat carrots and there's plenty of other orange vegetables that are delicious for us. Like it's, it, I don't know. Does that kind of like, what do you think about what I said so far? What's resonating? I mean, I think every single thing you've said is just things that I think and also, it's hard to, and again, my personality is just kind of like, if I don't like something, usually I just simply don't do it. Like it's hard for me to, when I was joking around with one of my friends and she's like, I love broccoli, chicken and rice all the time. And I'm like, that just is not, it's not appetizing to me. So I'm just not going to eat it. But I think it's just coming up with ways that fuel you. And I mean, for me, again, I'm just going to use myself as an example. My mom always makes fun of me because she's like, you're always eating. But for me, I don't do well with big meals because I feel very full and just very sluggish after I eat. So mm -hmm. I'm more of like a five meals a day type of person. Mm -hmm. Like I'll do breakfast and then I'll have a snack and then I'll eat lunch and then I'll have another snack. I feel like I'm more of not a picker, but almost in a way just to kind of like keep my metabolism moving just because I know that's kind of like how I feel the best. Um, and there's actually been times, which this is going to be a good question for you, that I feel like I, you know, I am always hungry and always see on your Instagram page, like if you're always feeling hungry or like you're not feeling full. And I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to having those five meals a day that my body kind of just adjusts to that. And again, every day is different. Like sometimes on the weekends, if I had a huge dinner on Friday night, I'm not that hungry the next day. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of go with it, um, but still making sure I'm eating. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess kind of like my question to you on that is, you know, if you're someone like me or maybe there's people out there that can resonate that are, are hungry a lot or, you know, I know like I'm always drinking a lot of water. And so sometimes I'm like, is, is water an indication if I'm always thirsty that I'm not eating enough or little signs that you could take or you could be like, hey, this is happening. You know, how do I address this or what is my body telling me by this symptom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually posted about this the other day. I was talking about the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was talking, yeah, I was talking about the relationship between how often we eat and how much we eat. And so if you're thinking about it, if you're eating more frequently, but maybe not as much quantity, you're going to be hungry regularly. You're going to be hungry sooner because what you're feeding yourself is a smaller amount, so it's not going to last as long. Versus if you're eating a larger amount, it might last a bit longer. And I was kind of also talking about it of as that, you know, I was mentioning intuitive eating helps us kind of trust our bodies, whereas dieting can take us away from trusting our bodies. Like, I have to follow this. I have to track this instead of like, oh, do you want it something more or you're free <laughs> or whatever. Um, again, sad that it's radical. It's not our fault. It's diet culture. Um, yeah. so anyhow, um, it's, it, it's, you can use those two questions as a decision point of, Hey, 
if I'm not eating enough, then I'm going to be hungry more often. If I am going long periods without eating and I, I can't get enough at a meal, like, so if you, let's say, for example, you had a crazy day at work and you ended up not eating for six hours. Well, by the time you ate dinner, you might be so hungry that you're still hungry even when you're full. You're like, okay, I'm full yes. and I still want to eat because so much time has passed. You know, we're in the reverse. If you're eating super often and smaller amounts, then it's knowing that that's why you're hungry all the time. You know, okay, cool. I'm going to be hungry in two hours. Okay, this, I'm going to be hungry again in two hours. I ate this, I'm going to be hungry in two and a half hours. I ate this, I'm going to be hungry in three hours. And and I always think of hunger. I think we, we tend to... Um, of course it can be an inconvenience at times, <laughs> um, yeah. it's, but it's really, it's a sign that our body metabolized what we ate already. And so the fact that you're hungry is like, Hey, my body's used up what I gave it at the meal or snack before, and it's ready for more. And it's, it's actually, it's a sign of our metabolism, metabolism operating properly. And so it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah, no. I mean, that's how I am because I'm like, I've always just kind of been a, again, especially when I'm busy and I know that if I have, you know, an afternoon full of things, if I have a huge lunch, it's just not, I mean, I'm going to want to take a nap for the next hour and I'm just not going to be as productive versus if I had like a smaller meal and then two to three hours, I would eat something Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more. And I always feel like people are like, oh, you should only eat three meals a day or do this or do that. And I think I kind of just came to this place and, you know, just advice to people that are, you know, everyone's on social media these days. Everyone's listening to podcasts. It's just what our culture has come to. But I also think, again, it's that overwhelming amount of data and it's hard to kind of come in tune with you when you're just consuming all of it. And so I think it's just, you know, kind of like blocking that out. And that's one thing that I started to do over the last two years is really just like getting in tune with like what I need for this time in my life and also realizing that it's always going to change. I mean, what I ate in high school is not in college, is not what I'm eating now because my needs have changed. My energy levels have changed. My, you know, calorie expenditure has changed. Yeah. And it's like, you just don't need as much food. Or maybe sometimes I know for me, like I need more food if I'm working out more, mm-hmm. if I'm teaching more classes, whatever that week kind of has in store. And also just as a woman to hormones. I mean, yeah. there's some days where it's like, I could eat a whole pizza. And there's some days where I'm like, food is just does not sound fun to me right now. So, you know, it totally, <laughs> it totally just depends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love the way that you talked about that. And I think I think that ultimately that's what we're all trying to work towards. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to be able to just listen to your body and listen to yourself? And there are logistics involved, of course. Like if you, you know, obviously you're going to get hungry for lunch, you're going to get hungry for a snack. So you need to have some with you um, or you need to know where you can obtain food. It's not just all like... <laughs> coming from your heart and, you know, whenever you're hungry, like sometimes we have to, you know, think about our schedule and think about our, but it's, it is, it's this big kind of, we're collecting our own personal data. You know, we talked about how intuitive eating is about learning about yourself. You're collecting data on yourself and you're able to interpret that data and then decide, Hey, this is what I'm going to pull forward. This is what I'm going to do with this information. I know this lunch, because like you said, everyone's different. I've had clients where they might eat two to three meals a day and they love that. They're like, I hate snacking. I like to just eat and I'm really (laughs) full and then I move on and then I'm hungry again later. And it's, you know, so it's, and then I've met people like yourself. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, if I wasn't eating every few hours, I just wouldn't feel right. It just wouldn't feel good to me. So 
um, it's you're connecting that data um, and your own experience and fitting it in with your schedule, your life, your preferences, and and just bringing it all together that way. Yeah. And again, it is a journey. I think, you know, if it's, you know, one of my favorite quotes is if easy, everyone would do it. And I just think, you know, when it kind of, when it comes to that diet culture and, you know, for everyone out there listening, it's like, if you're moving in that direction, I'm sure Erica wouldn't mind if you sent her a DM and just, you know, start somewhere. It's like, just start listening to your body. Maybe it's like for breakfast, like you wake up and you're like, instead of making what you always make, like what's your body craving? Maybe it's craving a smoothie. Maybe it went once eggs, maybe it's avocado, you know, whatever it is that you're craving oatmeal. I mean, there's so many things out there that I think you know, is a good start and a good place to kind of get to that lifestyle and, you know, have all those healthy habits. And so we do need to wrap up just to be respectful of her time. Um, and so I kind of wanted to end today's, you have built a very successful online business um, using Instagram podcasting, all those things. So I kind of wanted to end with like three tips for people out there that are trying to build an online business or three things that you think have helped aid in your success. Yeah. Oh, great question. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, before I hop into that, like I wanted to um, respond a bit to what you said about, um, you know, people getting started in this process. And I do think, you know, following people like me on Instagram, where you can start to get these little tidbits, like you said, you're tuning into your body, but you're also like taking in some information. You're like, wow, this, this approach is completely different you know, from, from what I thought. Um, and then for some of, some of, some people, it might be helpful to work with someone, you know, just like you might have paid for a diet or hired a trainer, or hired a coach or whatever, we might need help on the other side. So if you feel like, oh my gosh, I could never do any of this. None of it makes sense. Then that's when it may, it might be good for you to work with somebody, you know, and, and try and figure that out. There's, there's me, there's plenty of people out there like me who are teaching these methods. Cause I think in general, people feel really stressed about food. They don't know which ways up when it comes to nutrition information out there. So it's cool to see. I mean, I think about finding intuitive eating over 10 years ago and that it's been around since 95 and now it's popular and it makes me so freaking happy <laughs> that everyone's doing this. And, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's helped me in my business is really where I started was just helping people. You know, I worked with clients. Um, I still work with clients and I have happy clients. I have people that get better. And so what happened is the word got out. You know, they would tell a friend, they would tell their mom, they would tell their aunt, they would tell their therapist, they would tell their doctor, like, wow, Erica's awesome. She knows what she's doing. And this is what she did for me. And and it was really just word of mouth. And I think, um, like you said, in the world of building online business, that happens that happens online, that happens offline, it happens online and offline together. And it's really not forgetting that like as much as you want to learn how to create engaging content on Instagram or what's the perfect podcast format or who do you absolutely need to have on your podcast to get exposure or whatever you might be looking for at the end of the day, be freaking awesome at what you do. And that is how you build a business, you know, step one. And then I think step two, just continuing to evolve and grow. Like once I started working with clients just one-to-one, -one, I could not serve everybody. You know, I only have so many hours in a week. I only have so much energy and everyone that I work with deserves all of my energy. So how can I preserve that? How can I protect it? And so I started creating group programs and I started sharing on Instagram. And so it's, it's helping more people than just the, you know, 20 people that I can see in my office every week. And so I think if you are building a business, you want to 
after you get really freaking good at what you do, after it's super validated, everyone's saying, I agree, you're good at this and this is a good thing. (laughs) Then you start to think about how can you work differently? How can you help more people? And then after that, it's really about like continuing to evolve and question yourself and like grow and layer almost. You know, when I first started sharing on Instagram, I didn't have a podcast. I couldn't have done both. You know, it would take me 45 minutes to write a post. And that's, you know, outside of seeing clients. And I only have so much time in a day. And um, and then now I can, you know, write a post super quick. And I have time to podcast every week. And I send out emails. And I run free workshops. And I run free classes. I couldn't have done that all at once. If I had tried to do that at once, I would have, I would have quit. I would have freaked out. And you just kind of like, you were talking about like working out and yoga and fitness. Like I kind of built up my endurance and built systems and now I can do more in less time, you know? Yeah. Just, I mean, being more efficient and plug yourself before we get to the end of this. So where can people find you if you're listening to this episode and you're, there's a calling on your heart that you want to reach out to Erica, where can people find you? And I'm going to put everything in the show notes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Align Nutrition on Instagram is where I hang out. Um, I love connecting with people on there. I write posts, I film stories. Um, you know, I share my podcast episodes as they come out. I DM with people and that's my favorite. It's my favorite place to be. I know everyone talks about, you know, love, hate relationship with Instagram. And I definitely take a lot of weekends off or, you know, time off as needed, but I, I, that's just because I, you know, like anything else, um, you know, if you want to load time or you want to connect with friends, like I just, I have my time that I'm away from the platform, but but I love it. And um, I'm always open to feedback and topics that people want me to talk about and uh, and cover. So that's the biggest place. And then I have my, uh, my website, Align Nutrition as well. Okay, perfect. Yes. I will put all of that in the show notes for you guys. Um, please reach out to her. And as we end every single podcast, if you could say one thing that you are grateful for today and we will cut you loose. So what are you thankful for? Oh, um, Today, I put you on the spot. No, I I actually think about this usually every morning. um, And I didn't because it was Friday and an early meeting. So it's good. This is (laughs) keeping up with my daily reflection. Uh, I would say what I'm grateful for. So this week was my birthday, and I'm planning this workshop next week. And I just had some really awesome connections, even doing things like this. So I'm, I'm just grateful for. I feel this sense of hope with the world opening back up soon too. And so I just would say I'm just grateful for my life and what I do that I can be sitting at home on Friday in my sunny office and writing and creating and connecting with people um, and that soon I'll be able to see all of my friends. I know. I was going to say that's what I'm grateful for, especially this week. I feel like my friends have been so supportive over the last few weeks. There's a lot, been a lot of change going around. So I think for me, it's community, you know, being able to connect with the people that mean the most. That's definitely what I'm thankful for. So thank you so much, Erica, again. And if you guys love this episode, please let me know. I would love to have her back and just answer any more questions and dive deeper. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Monday.